I'm cursed. But something about me is making them jealous, so listen and learn. I hurt them like cattle, cause I'm surrounded by cowards. And I don't give up when I walk in the battle, and that's why I got all the power. I'm who you wanna be, ain't no one ahead of me. We're now going to be rooting for the Beats Bobcats this year. I'm going to have a hard time. I coached Bowden for two years, so I'm going to have a really... Well, a Bobcat it was, it would was, destroy a polar bear, in my opinion. You think so? <laughs> Is a Bobcat stronger than a polar bear? It depends on the climate, I suppose. Ooh, good right? point. Yep. I don't know. They're pretty vicious. <laughs> They're so cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coach's Corner booth. It is 725. We are broadcasting semi-live from uh, Madden's Pub and Grill in Falmouth, Maine. Have you heard of this place before, Jason? Is it on Gray Road? Gray Road. 65 Gray Road yes. in Falmouth, Maine. Yeah. Fantastic Irish uh, Irish pub owned by um, two Irish folks who uh, started this place to get out of the city and uh, into the country a little bit. And uh, we're just north of Portland. Check it out. Have you eaten here before? I have eaten here numerous times. By the way, paying my own bill, Billy Goodman. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. And we, we've been uh, joking that uh, my brother, he finds the bathroom when it comes time to pay the bill. So so uh, speaking of speaking of my brother, uh, this is day two. Really, really, it's day several that he is not here. I don't know if you noticed, but he's, he's not here. Uh, yes, I miss him a little bit do you really a a little bit if he's listening i do right but if he wasn't (laughs) listening we're backstabbing the hell out of him yes exactly Okay. all right i got it well he is my brother and i've been backstabbing him for years so uh i might as well do it in public (laughs) is it backstabbing if you're actually doing it on the podcast no no that's just being honest that's just being honest okay we're gonna be honest we're family members we're honest we also i i extended an invite to uh one of maine's premier uh Premier athletes uh, in his younger day, and probably still, but he won't admit it. But uh, we, I invited John Gleason to come on to the to the program, who is uh, a Division One talent in UNH, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he was an outstanding catcher. Played in the um, played in the Twilight League until he was like 722 years old, and uh, just one of the most kind-hearted gentle guys i've ever met and uh and apparently he just doesn't like me enough to show up for a podcast and and it could have been me that he doesn't like because i dealt with him a couple times at his sporting goods uh store he had and had great experiences yeah yeah. maybe it was me and not you yeah it could be it could be you could be me let's play actually he found out that john wasn't going to be here and then he didn't show up. Aha. And we've got a mic open for him. Yeah. We've got a tall beverage sit in front tall of the microphone. Tall, frosty beverage. Waiting for him. John uh, Gleason, if you, are, uh, if you are listening, which you're not, um, <laughs> you won't at least for another week because I won't get this done for another week. But you're welcome to come down here. Your beverage may still be here, uh, but the headphones and the microphone will not, nor, nor will Mad Max and, uh, and I. But uh, the real reason why we, we invited John Gleason is because we have his, his, um, one of his children here, Danica Gleason. Uh, Danica, welcome to, the, welcome to the program. Thank you. Now, did you, did you talk to your dad about it? Did, what did he say? Uh, briefly. I think he was like, I don't want to step on your toes. Oh, I feel see, like this is about you. See, he's a not good guy. <laughs> he's a, it's, it's about you, not me. <laughs> that reminds me of Seinfeld. But <laughs> so, um, so your dad is uh, your dad has obviously probably been a huge, huge influence on your life. Uh yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. For he was, sure, he, he was he was there for some of it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, he was like the parent that knew everything but wouldn't say anything because I never <laughs> wanted him to say anything. <laughs> Um, like I think in Little League, we found out that I was a pretty good catcher, and then I was like, I don't want to catch because I don't want my dad to give me instructions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you ever wind up catching? Inevitably, yeah. you did, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it, did he give you instruction at that point? No, he was just. Uh, I ended up catching like the last maybe thirteen to fifteen games of my senior year in college, right. yeah. and he was just so ecstatic. I think he took. He figured out how to use his camera on his smartphone <laughs> and took so many pictures the <laughs> fact that he had a smartphone is impressive yeah. if you know john gleason so, <laughs> so uh welcome to the program and we're we're psyched to have you back now we have to acknowledge the fact that i screwed up somehow i have screwed up. i still don't know how i did it <laughs> but we had this wonderful interview with danica uh probably four or five months ago and it was amazing the flow was great we had michael hoffer here my brother was here mad max me and it was Danica was just, she was on fire, 
And uh, I go home, and I'm excited to cut the thing up, and I open up my laptop, and your section, and just your section was gone. I don't know why. I think it's something something fortuitous in that somehow. They wanted us to, to meet with her again. They, I think maybe they wanted to meet without John. Ooh, That's what I'm thinking. The, that the, must be it. The podcasting gods. So <laughs> I have to apologize for uh, for you having to come out here again and have us um, feed you uh, beer and, and food and and talk about you. I'm not apologizing anymore because no. it's really good to <laughs> hang out with you. So, so thank you for coming back out and being patient with us. Now, you're a really hard person to nail down for a time. You're busy. Yeah, yeah. What do you got going on? What is what is going on in your life right now? Um, yeah, so I work at, I bartend three nights a week and twice during the day. And when I'm not, it's like opposite. So when I'm bartending during the day, I do softball at night. And then when I bartend at night, I do softball during the day. Jeez, I'm cruel. You sound like a kid in, kid in her 20s. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, where, are you, uh, where are you coaching? Um, so I coach at Base College. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I give lessons through Main Hits in Scarborough. It is, has softball started? Um, we don't, at Base, we don't start till February, but I've been coaching since September yep. through Main Hits. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I want to get. I want to come back to that, but I really want to. I want to dig back into your past, if that's okay. Okay. So, um, how did? When did you? When is your first recollection of playing sports? When did you know that you were going to love, love sports? Remember, I played t-ball, and me and who's one of my best friends now were the only two girls, and the rest were guys. Um, we had a really good team for t-ball, I guess. Like. Uh, John Gillies was on that team. Yeah. He was in the NHL now. Yeah, that's, that's um, okay. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my first. And then I got really into soccer for a while. And I also got into lacrosse for a while. Now, were you pushed into that by your parents? Did they encourage it? Or did you just go, yeah, I just all I have to do is look at it and I know that's that's what I want to do? Um. So so I remember being a my mom signing me up for cheerleading, I think, yeah. when I was in the second grade. And w- after the first game, I went off and I said, why didn't you sign me up for football? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was like, okay, you're not cheerleading anymore. <laughs> um, I truly believe that kids know. Like, I, I have two sons, and they, they know. They know which sports they love. They knew, they've knew they known for three years which one's their favorite yeah. and which one's not their favorite. And uh I think you know the second you yeah, do it. Yeah, I definitely have always loved softball, and I remember being a nine-year-old trying out for softball and being on a little league team, and we were we ended up being pretty good. Like I think we won the championship, and um, and then it got to a point where all those older girls graduated, and there was no more competition for me. Yep. So um, I started playing boys lacrosse because they didn't have girls lacrosse yet in South Portland. Oh, really? Yeah. And. Um, then um, someone the main when the back cave was still a thing. Yep. They had a softball team out of there, and they were looking for players for their tenure team. And so someone f- called my dad and was like, "Hey, don't you have a daughter that's nine and or ten? And uh, so I showed up and loved it. Mike um, like minded girls yep. in competition. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of where I said, "Okay, I don't really want to do lacrosse anymore. This is fun." That's awesome. So, so you played at that at that point. Is that your first experience with with organized softball as as a kind of I guess it, would that be that it would be higher level at that point? Because yeah, not just a little league team, right. but like an actual tr- quote unquote travel team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, some of my very best memories are from that Tenu team. Um, I ended up playing with a girl who's from Kenny Bunk from Tenu all the way up until eighteen U. Which that's, was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, we trash on, on privatized sports considerably on this podcast because I think it's doing some... S- s- sinister things? I don't know if sinister is the right word. It's just uh, it's just changing oh, yeah. the landscape of no sports. No more school right spirit. No, right. no th- way. Yeah. Um, I think I was so mortified when I was at South Portland coaching basketball last year where they were laughing with their AAU teammates right. on the court and I was like... What's going on? <laughs> it's so strange because when I was when I was in high school, 150 years ago, we we hated everybody. Even if we grew up with a kid, if they were playing on the other team, we hated them for 32 minutes. If it was basketball oh, yeah. and nine More. innings, if it was baseball, it didn't matter. And then after the game, we'd give each other high fives going yep. through and say, "Hey, call me later." Yeah. 
but on the field we were you were not my friend yeah. but nowadays you see girls would come over and they'll they'll give each other big hugs and they'll be laughing and giggling before, before the game, the game. or like, during yeah. warm-ups yep and it's it's unreal like that is the that's that's the worst part. That's why I try to teach my girls to have even if they're they say that their middle school team sucks or that their high school team sucks. I'm like, okay, well, make the most out of it. That's that's your high school. That's right. where you're from. Like, be be a leader and make the team yeah, better. Exactly. And I think I think it did take me a couple of years to realize that, especially in basketball. Um, but as soon as I realized that, I think um, mostly in basketball and softball, all the other girls like. Julia Gomont, all the girls from Scarborough that I played with still wanted to kill us when we played them. <laughs> sure, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Scarborough's it's a whole other level of of play in the softball yeah. world. But yeah, that's uh, probably the only school left that for softball at least that really like still has school spirit. Yeah, like school state, spirit yeah. dominates, and the the most important thing to them is winning the state title, not winning something for their travel team. Right, right. And I mean, I I hate to make myself sound old, but I am. But you know playing for the name on the front of your jersey as opposed to the name of your back of your jersey is yep. you know kind of how i grew up i'm sure it was with you tim too it, and, absolutely mm-hmm. yep and yep. you don't see that anymore yeah it's interesting and we we were lucky you were kind of at the back end i think of that the front end of privatized sports mm-hmm. and the back end of that kind of traditional true traditional friday night lights type mm-hmm. of rivalries but um so tell me, tell me about um, your your high school experience. You move you move into high school. You're obviously. Do people know that Danica Gleason is a is a good athlete at this point? Are people talking already? Yeah, um, I remember I went out for the field hockey team at, in the summer, and I had never played field hockey before, and I loved it. And um, then all the field hockey girls decided to start a volleyball team, so I wanted to fit in. And I was like, well, I'll just go play volleyball. <laughs> Um, I was the only freshman, which was kind of cool. So I got to meet a lot of the older girls, and most of them were basketball or softball players, um, which was really cool. Um, and then I went into basketball after that, and I had already played the past summer, maybe two summers of varsity basketball with the high school team. So I kind of knew going into it that I was going to make varsity, but I was still, like, super, super nervous. Sure you were, yeah. Um, I was pretty shy and scrawny little kid <laughs> who I obvi- I wanted to make varsity, but I also was so nervous, um, which is funny looking back because I think Danielle McCusker, who was a senior and she was like the star, like immediately we became best friends. Yeah. And because um, I think she realized too, like, oh, this kid is probably going to be pretty good. Yep. Um, Did she take you under her wing per se? Yeah, I think so. Um which I appreciate so much. Um, she was such a great role model for me to have in high school. Um, and I kind of always like thought about her for the next three years, even though she was gone and in college. So you were, you, did you make the team as a freshman? Yeah, I made varsity. Um, I started one game. Um, I played a decent amount. I think I only ended up playing in like a few handful of JV games. Yep. So I was usually just strictly varsity. Yeah, they were trying to get you up to speed with the, mm-hmm. the, the level of play, knowing that you were going to play the next year. Yep. It was your bonus year. Yeah. Uh, so who was the coach of the basketball team at that time? Um, coach G, Mike Giordano. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. Lucky. He, I love I love Mike Giordano. Um, so so you you progress forward your sophomore year. Well, let's see that spring. Mm-hmm. What happens that spring? So. <laughs> I try over the softball team, and I do great fielding. Yep. We get in the cage, and the hitting coach is there. And I know Ralph has, like, talked me up, like, this is the next shortstop. Like, she's going to be good. She's going to be a contributor. I whiffed every single pitch. <laughs> Were you nervous? I is was it, yeah. so nervous yeah. because everyone at that point was just watching me hit yeah. in the cage. Yeah. And I missed every single every single ball. Timing was completely off. All of them. Yeah, sure. All yeah. of them. Yeah. And I remember my dad actually picked me up from practice that day. I got in the car, and I was like, I'm not playing varsity. I was like, I'm going to be on the JV team. Like, this, I'm bad. Softball is not my sport. Maybe I should just go back to track. And he was like, he was like I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. And I think even um, Coach Sandora, who's the, still the hitting coach at South Portland, was like, looked at Ralph, and he was like, are you being serious? Or are you kind of messing with me? <laughs> 
which would be like Ralph to to to, to do that. But <laughs> right. Yeah. So and did you make the team? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I made. I remember. I think it was switched to like an outdoor practice because I have this vivid memory of us, me, Coach Mark, Ralph, and um, the pitching coach at the time sitting on the bleachers at Wainwright. And all the rest of the girls were practicing, so they were going to tell me, like, if I made the team or not. <laughs> and Ralph just, there was just silence, and he looks at me and he goes, so if you open your damn mouth, you can be on varsity. If not, there's a place for you on JV. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. I need, like, are you going to open your mouth and be able to play shortstop? And I was like, Yes. And <laughs> get a little louder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. So you you obviously have a pretty decent a decent freshman year, right? Yeah, so- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we won the first state championship and only state championship at South Portland. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to someone at the bar, and I was like, "Yeah, it's been nine years. <laughs> it's almost ten years." Since Did we they won recognize you at the bar over here? Oh yeah, well I know him from. Oh okay, yeah. I was going to say. I, yeah, he's far-reaching. Yeah, right. <laughs> All the way to Falmouth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I like told him what I was doing, and I was like, "Yeah, it's been nine years since we won a self st- state championship at South Portland for softball." Yep. Yeah. Which seems when when she told me that during the original taping of the podcast. Thanks a lot. Yep. <laughs> Love it in. Had to get that in there. <laughs> um, you know, when she told me that, I was, I was like, "What do you mean first and only?" Like that, it just didn't seem possible that Southport, right. especially with her being there for four years, right. it just didn't right. seem possible. Thank, now you're rubbing it in for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I meant like with your talent and some of the girls you played with. Yeah. Like I was surprised because didn't like a couple of the girls pit go to Maine or pitch mm-hmm. at Maine? So it's like yeah, how you, you guys didn't you win a state title. Scar- Scarborough, Scarborough was so good. so they were still that good back then. They, they've been oh, good yeah. for. I don't Ever. know how many. I mean, you guys I, might have been one of the only teams that have really. Ever given them. Ah, okay. I remember freshman year, if you want to know the whole story, we were ranked fifth going into it. And I remember being at one of our first practices, and um, Amanda Lynn Scott, she was the first baseman, third baseman. Um, we found out Ralph had a fake eye. And she was like. <laughs> That's right, he does. She was like, can you take. Can you take that out? Like, I want to see it. <laughs> and he said, only if you want to state championship. And that year, we want to state championship. <laughs> That's awesome. And we got back on the bus, and the first thing he did was take out his eye. Oh, my that God. Yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think I got a picture somewhere. But <laughs> was it totally the grossest thing you've ever seen? It or was, was it? so gross. Like, the whole bus went silent because none of us really knew what to do. <laughs> And um, yeah, You're like this is what we asked for. <laughs> we were all like, "Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> put it back in." Yeah. <laughs> oh, leave it to Ralph. I, yeah. I really, I, I, I'm a, I'm a Ralph Acido, Ralph Acido fan. So I can totally imagine that entire scenario oh, happening yeah. on the bus. We literally, we had all gotten on the bus, and he was waiting there, still talking to the newspaper or whatever. And he got gets up and he goes, "Hey." Who's got a napkin? And we're all like, what? And the bus driver's like, here you go. And he, at the time, Kevin Woodhouse was our athletic director. And he goes, oh, Kevin's going to hate me. And he just (laughs) takes it out and puts it in a napkin. Or no, he holds it like this and is like wiping it away from his that's so gross. That is so gross, but so cool. Yep. You know what? He lived up to his end of the deal. Yeah, exactly. no, oh, yeah. He was like, yep, you guys did it. Who who did you guys beat from back then? Would it have been the Eastern team or the Northern team that you beat? Eastern. It was East- Bangor. Oh, the Rams. Yeah. We won one nothing. Um, Sambador was pitching. Who went on to play at URI? Um, she's really good. I. It was a really more of a defensive game than an offensive game. I think I reached on an error or an infield single um, and then scored on a base hit to right. This is when I was scrawny, remember? <laughs> <laughs> now, you're, uh, if I remember correct, you can you can run a little bit. Yep, have you yep. always been able to run? Have you always yeah. been one of the faster kids in your your, your friend group? Yeah. Yeah, so that scoring, the, the whole scoring thing for her is like, it's what I always dream of. <laughs> Because I remember watching you run. I can't remember. I think one of my nieces was playing against you or with you or something. I was like, John, that might talk to my talking to my brother. I was like, that kid can fly, and he goes, that's John Gleason's kid. I'm like, no way. But uh, that was the first time I'd seen you, and I think I don't think you could have been more than more than a junior 
Um, so so let's jump uh, let's 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 jump through your 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 senior well through your high school years. You had some good good runs in basketball and and softball. Am I mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So so if you could pick one of those one of those sports one of those years through um, through high school, what would be the most memorable? Maybe the state championship. I, I would imagine, but. What was the what was the most memorable group? What, the whole experience, everything. What, what was the most memorable one? The most memorable group would have to be the 2012 softball team or my senior year basketball team. 2012 softball team had no business being anywhere in the state game, <laughs> and we ended up just breaking every other team down mentally yep. and beating them. Um, which was so so much fun. Um, it was a bunch of Ralph called us misfits, um, and um, we really. I remember it started. We were playing Biddeford, and we found out that their pitcher was pretty good, mm-hmm. but she couldn't handle like when teams got up on her and stuff. So we we're like, all right, um, Emily Gray. She was. Um, a junior like me, she had just made varsity, but she was also the drum major. Yeah. So we made, we bought a bunch of five-gallon buckets, <laughs> and we decorated them, and we spelt out Sopo Mofos <laughs> on, the, on the buckets. Oh, boy. And she would, t- she taught us how to, like, keep a rhythm and, like, different things. Like, all the girls on the bench would play different things. We would call everyone on the different, every inning was a different theme, so, like, I remember one inning was like Harry Potter. So everyone on that team, you wouldn't cheer for their names. It would be like Harry Potter characters. Oh my God. Is who you're cheering for. And it just drove other teams. Like they were like, what is going on? I have no idea. There's something about team unity. Like you, you you can't, and that's, that's got to come from within, right? It's got to come from the team chemistry that you have, but that, that can drive teams. Absolutely. The one thing about Scarborough that they never, had they've always had talent Mm -hmm. but i've never seen them with a very cohesive group of kids but the teams that show up and uh i I, i'm trying to think back of the teams that actually had that we had it two years ago at mga we had the most amazing team unity and won some games we never should have never should have won because the girls were just dynamite and other girls were looking over and and laughing with us because we were just having a blast in the dugout there's something very um, off-putting about that to the other teams, and I think that that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Like, no, wait, guys, why are they having fun? And and they're right. be- they're beating us. Their coach isn't yelling at them. Yeah, it <laughs> took. Uh, I think it took um, Coach Griffin literally three pitches to be like in the Western Main game, be like, "Why are you letting to the umpires? Why are you letting them play the drums?" And he was like, "Well, it's okay if it's in between pitches." So we just made it instead of going while she was pitching, like in between pitches, we would just yell stupid things, play the drums. It was, like, back before cheering was, like, kind of cool, so we never had any organized cheers. Yeah. It would just be a lot of nonsense. Yeah. And, like, St. Joe's didn't have the chain link fence yet, yeah. so we would be out of the dugout, like, <laughs> screaming at the pitcher, and Ralph was like, yeah, woo, like, let's go. <laughs> that's uh, that's great to hear that you got in the Griffin's head, because uh, that, that is uh, that is awesome to me. I'll say nothing more than that, but... Uh, <laughs> So your your basketball career, mm-hmm. it it sounds like softball was maybe number one and, and basketball was number two. Is that is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Was it close? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I think it took me a lot longer to grow up as a basketball player yeah. than it did as a softball player because yeah. I think I knew I always wanted softball, and then once. Um, kind of my junior senior year rolled around I was getting way more recruited for basketball mm-hmm. so it was kind of like oh maybe I am kind of good at basketball maybe okay. I should put some more time into this and really kind of figure it out so who, who was who was looking at you by your senior year did, did you start getting calls in your junior year at the end of your junior year and into your senior year saying yeah hey, hey, uh, come on over who was who was putting the heavy heat on you um usm was huge um coach fifield when he was still there um st joe's thomas just about honestly just about every school in maine i went to a couple of showcase i was kind of late because i had no idea what to do my older brother wasn't an athlete so my parents didn't really know how to point me in the right direction and um i didn't really have the resources that they have now um firecrackers i was too old to play for that aau program um, but I started playing. I actually, my junior, I tried 
I started playing travel volleyball. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was a thing. But that, I mean, that was, it let's was see, that was 2013? Yeah, it was right? like 2012, 12? I think. Yep. And I made uh, my volleyball coach coach with them, and she was like, oh, you're good enough to play travel. So I was like, okay. So I tr- made the bronze team <laughs> at tryouts. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just athletic. Yep. And the girl from Scarborough, who's like the Gatorade player of the year, like, I just remember spiking one directly into my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if this is really is that- my sport. <laughs> <laughs> So it was kind of like like Ben Stiller in uh, Meet, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But they thought I was athletic enough to make the bronze team and like teach me how to play. But by that time, I started getting basketball interest. So I'm like, okay, um, I think I'm better off playing basketball than I am really putting my time into learning volleyball. Did you did you get any Division One looks? Did did anybody call from Division One schools, or was it mainly Division Three? It was mainly so, Division Three. I never really... If I could go back and do one thing, I think it would be put myself out there more. Um, I remember my mom knew the Marist coach or the, the Marist coach's brother or something. So, like, there was interest there, but I never, like, made a video or anything. Like, I just right. didn't know what to do. Yeah, and it's interesting because, the like, like I was saying before, you were at the, you know, kind of the front end of this. You were kind of a few years behind that privatized yeah. sports right where, where it's gone mm-hmm. crazy now a lot of those coaches a lot of those college coaches with their budgets are so slim and their time is so slim they'll go to those those tournaments even though they hate to go to those tournaments mm-hmm. because it's all it's more individual and it's not team oriented which is what makes teams win it consolidates their resources so they'll carpool with you know yeah. three other coaches that are in their area and they'll go to these these weekend tournaments and see every kid play a lot if you're not doing that nowadays, it's right. it's hard to to kind of get noticed. But obviously, you know, you were you were a, a very dynamic and and uh, unbelievable athlete. People knew who you were. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, uh, us who knew John, your, your dad, growing up, saw the Gleason name. We're like, that's got to be Johnny's kid. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I watch you play, but. But those coaches don't know, out-of-state coaches, they don't really know until no. you get, you know, a Gatorade Player of the Year mm-hmm. or an All-State nod. They, they're mm-hmm. looking at those kids. But there are a lot of kids that are Division One talents that, that don't necessarily make that first team. I had a, we had a kid, Liberty, last year who should have been a first team. And what was she, second team? She, and the I year to, before, honorable mention, and you had to fight for both of those? I had to fight to get her on that team because she, she was playing on a team that was less talented than most. But... But she was the the reason why people knew about her is because she's been on all of those privatized yeah. teams, mm-hmm. and so she's look she's getting you know looks from Division One schools, and she's going to go Ivy League. But I don't know if because of the way we do Allstate and Gatorade, I don't know if she would have been noticed if she wasn't on those teams. So it's, so the fact uh, that, you know yeah, it's a hundred percent politics. Even I remember being in high school and. Um, we actually broke, so like the big softball organization is the Thunder out yep. of the edge. And a lot of kids of my grade didn't go there because of the price. So yep. we had, um, I was, God, I think I was 12U or 14U and the price went up and we're like, well, we're going to make our own team. Yep. So we took all the girls that would have made that team and made our own team mm-hmm. for like 500 bucks. <laughs> right. Because it's uh, like two or three thousand dollars yeah. to do some of those teams. It's yeah. Crazy. So, and I think that's after they went. They were like the junior black bears, and then it went to the Thunder. Yeah. And they increased their price, so we just did that. And then, but again, we didn't. We didn't have the all the resources that they had, so we didn't really know how to do the showcases and stuff. Like, probably my whole time playing with that Smashers team, we probably lost ten games. Right. From four, fourteen U to eighteen U. Like, we had some studs, yep. and um, it was a whole lot of fun. But we all, again, Julia Gomont, she went to Bowdoin. No one went D1. Most people went D3, D2, like Bentley and stuff. And in your opinion, could some of those kids have played, now that you've been there and come oh, back, yeah. could if, they have played Yeah, the if we kind of had the... The price point was what we wanted, but if we could have used the resources, we all could have probably been D1, D2 yep. softball players. Yep. Like, if you look back, like, most of the All-State girls in the 
all SMAA girls were on our travel team. Right. And we were kind of like, I always felt like I was looked down upon because I wasn't on that big organization. And, but they still let me play and they still would invite me to the underclassmen all-star games, but it would say like frozen ropes or whatever on the back. Yeah. And they would try to make me pay for the shirt, and I would just walk away with it. <laughs> so I think I owe people still like $5 or $10. Well, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> Luckily, we're not recording this. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, so so you you left high school, and you found yourself at, at St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Why St. Joe's? Uh, coach McDevitt. Yeah. The basketball coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he we, kept in We con- hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We he kept in contact with my dad a lot and was kind of like, I really want her. Like I know she hasn't made a made a decision yet, and um, so finally I gave in and I knew Teresa Hendricks who was there. I was friends with her um, and Lindsay Moore who was a girl from New Hampshire that I had known from travel ball, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like started to message me on Facebook, <laughs> and they both were basketball softball athletes, so they were like, hey. Have you thought any about St. Joe's? And I was like, uh, not really. Like, I don't know. I I really wanted to do a gap year or a prep school year because yep. I didn't feel like mentally I was ready for college. Okay. And um, so it was probably May. It, it was senior week, so it was May or at the very end of April. And I decided to go on a visit to St. Joe's with the basketball team. So I get there and... I, I did love it. I mean, what I think anyone who would step foot on that campus would fall in love, especially in the springtime. Yeah. And um, so they had a big thing, and I met with Coach McDevitt, and I was like, well, I want to play softball too. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And so I went into um, Coach Mice's office, and I was like, hey, um, my name's Danica Gleason. Um, I'm thinking about coming here, um, whatever, to play basketball, but I'd also like to try out for the softball team. He just looked at me, and he goes, Really? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I just never thought that I would even have a chance at recruiting you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but I want to play here. He must can have been I, so happy. Can I, can I have a spot on the team? And he was like, yeah, like you can try out, whatever. And Coach Bailey, who was his assistant, knew my dad forever. So he started fighting for me and um, helped me get financial aid and stuff, even though I was such a late like commit, I guess. Yeah. All right, I'm going to switch gears on you now. So you're you're at St. Joe's. Um, you are playing two sports, and uh, you're only there for a short time. What what happened? Um, I went there. I loved it. Um, I remember after basketball season, it was a quick turnaround to softball. I hadn't practiced. Hadn't swung a bat. I started shortstop and batted fourth, my first ever college game, the first game ever. That Well, the first game of that season at St. Joe's. He was like, yep, you're batting fourth and starting shortstop. And I'm like, oh, great. Um, no pressure there. Yep. It's no big deal. No, my no. first ground ball hit to me. I made an error. And the first at bat, I struck out. Perfect way to start yep. a college career. Swinging or looking? Uh, probably swinging, knowing me. <laughs> I don't think it was looking. Um, I can't remember that. I think it was Bridgewater State who we played. And they were pretty good. They were pretty good. We lost that game. That was one of our, like, four losses that year. Um, so we get to the end of the Florida trip. And at this point, I'm, like, on the phone with my mom. And I was crying. And I was like, I'm so bad at softball. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I could do it. And I remember the assistant coach kind of being like, hey, like, you haven't practiced. You, Coach McDavid doesn't let you practice. You haven't swung a bat. You haven't done anything. Like, it's fine. And I remember at the end of the year feeling like I still had a crappy year, and I hit – I had the highest batting average on the team, I think. I hit, like, <laughs> just just missed 500. And, like, looking back now, I can laugh at myself. But then, really, I was like, wow, I'm so bad at softball. Like, I can't, I can't play anymore. Um I have to do something else. Like, maybe I should just do basketball. <laughs> and, like, the other girls on the team are like, but you're beating us by 100 points on average. Yeah. N- yeah, no. My coach was like, um, I remember him calling me over at the end of one of the practices or during the one of the practices, and he was like, hey, you're GNAC Rookie of the Year. And I was like, why? 
<laughs> he said, well, who else? <laughs> he was like, you could be player of the year. And I was like, ah, really? <laughs> you know what I love about you, Danica? I mean, there's, there's a lot, but, but you're, you're, um, people think of Danica Gleason and they think this dynamite athlete, no stress, no nothing, no doubt. And you're just, you know, people don't realize that, that pure athletes feel the same way as us schlubs who you know are always nervous that like geez am i stink at this you know i'm I'm really you always have doubt right Mm -hmm. what gets you through that doubt what pushes you past that doubt and into the into the next game i I know you you you've said it three times now you've leaned on your parents Uh, they've had a big influence on you and 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 giving you encouragement and moving you forward yeah i think so and i think that plays a huge part in it because they've never told me what to do just well like work harder or they were always real with me they never put me on a pedestal so I never thought that I was anything spectacular like I just want to have fun with my teammates and my friends and go out there and give 110 percent and I don't think that they ever they probably they never like I remember them telling me stories about other parents thinking how great their kids were and my dad just smiling saying yeah they're pretty good they've kept you humble yeah yeah as humble as I, I i know john much better than cindy but they they are very humble people and very kind people so mm-hmm. it's no shocker that you are uh, you are humble and 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 also very kind but um all right so so talk me through this you you stayed for how many semesters? Three semesters, and yep. then what the hell happened? It's <laughs> uh, a good question. Um, I guess so. I played that summer, and I I got a scholarship to go to this awesome gym in downtown Portland. Um, what's, where what's the name of it? Is it still around? It's Live Vital. Yeah, I think okay. it's still around. Yep. Um, the trainer at St. Joe's was the physical therapist there. Okay. Um, so he was kind of like, "Hey, apply for the scholarship. Like, you'd be great." And you had to get the most likes. So I got the most likes. And I could go there as many, like, I think it was three times a week for free. Um, And they, I went from running probably like a, maybe a three, two nine to like a two six, two five, two six, home to first. And just that summer. And then, um, so I loved it. Was really feeling really good. Went back to play basketball. Clearly, I was going to have a breakout year. Yep. Um, softball was still my thing. I was hitting more, and it just like kind of got me motivated to do more. Um, and then I was going to coach for the actually the team that I'm coaching now. They had asked me to coach then, but I was still only 19, so technically I was still 18 in softball world. Yeah. Um, so I got asked to coach, and then... The guy who ran it was like, oh, well, I have someone that you need to meet. And then it was like, kind of like, oh, she's the pitching coach now at this Division One school in Tennessee. They're looking for middle infielders. What do you think? And I was like, what do you mean, what do I think? <laughs> and they're like, do you want to play? So I was kind of like, okay, maybe. I don't know. Um, so I, up, I still did all the basketball workouts. I ended up after like September I had to pay for the gym but it was totally worth it um and yeah I kind of went from there I ended up playing instead of coaching the 18 new team um and we did a bunch of tournaments I actually ended up since I got my release ended up there's a few other schools in the mix um and this one school she kind of just saw me play and um, she was like, okay, like you have a scholarship if you want it. So I kind of went from going to paying $50,000 a year to free school. So it seems stupid not to do it. <laughs> and where was the school? Uh, Tennessee State. And that's in what town? Nashville. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say it. Yeah. If I was going to live anywhere else, yeah. it would be in Nashville. But, uh, so it was it just that casual? Was it there was a there was there a lot of mulling about it's thinking? God, do I really want to move that far away? Do I want to do I want to really ramp my game up? There is so far away. None of that thought. It was pretty casual the whole time. I I would say Roger Williams was my number one school, and my mom was like, "It's too far away." 
<laughs> right, we can all laugh so now. So instead, I'm going to move to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. So that was my number one school in high school until the softball coach told me that I could only play field hockey and okay. softball if I wanted to. And I couldn't play basketball. So that kind of put it out of the loop. Um, but she was actually the previous head coach at Tennessee State. So it's like a crazy small world <laughs> It is now that I look back. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it was super casual. I went down, went on my official visit. They were like, here's your scholarship, like, if you want it. And I think it probably – I didn't probably didn't sit out on it as long as I should have. Um, but I was like, yep, I'm leaving, like, 100%. All my friends at St. Joe's supported it. I didn't lose one single friend. No one was mad at me. I probably could go back, and I've gone back and watched games and, like, sat with Coach McDevitt. Um, and he's he probably took it the hardest. <laughs> Because he was the one that really recruited me, but um, did you call him or did you go right into his office and no, say, "No, well, yeah. he was the compliance director." Oh boy! So I had to go sit <laughs> in his office. So I just sat in there. So if anybody's listening and doesn't understand what a compliance officer is, it, it's the person that that allows you to play at the next school, right? Yeah. And and you're luckily you're going from a, a lower division to a higher division, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to sit there's out. There's no red shirt. So so, what did that conversation look like? So I remember going into his office. I like had texted him. I'm like, "Hey, um, like, when are you in your office? I need to come meet with you, or whatever." So we set up a time, and I went in, and I was like, "Um, so this is probably exactly how I said it too." I was like, "So, coach, um, I need a release," <laughs> and he was like, "What?" And I was like, "I, I don't know, like this." Co- school in Tennessee like I don't know I just need to go explore it for myself and he goes well this is coming out of left field and I was like haha good one and he did not think it was funny like that was totally unintentional (laughs) and he just looked at me and I was like oh because I he's probably the coach that I was afraid of most but I probably probably like one of my top two favorite coaches ever and um so I was like sitting there and I was like oh I don't want to make you mad but (laughs) Um, yeah, so he gave it to me and, um, I think he kind of was like, oh no, this is on me. Like I made her come here and which is, it never was on him or anything. And I think he kind of had a couple conversations with my dad, like why? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, coach, I get to go to school for free. Like I don't, it has nothing to do with St. Joe's and the school because I would have stayed there for four years and loved it and probably would have a great job now if I stayed there and would have been a two-sport athlete throughout college, and that would have been great. He, um, he understood. Oh, he just yeah. didn't want to see you go, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's an athlete. He's oh, a, yeah. you know, he totally gets it. And he's probably seen girls do this before, right? I mean, he's seen yeah. women who have gone to the next level. But, man, I, I am putting myself in Coach McDevitt's shoes right now and thinking – Oh, it's like an immediate heartbreak. Like your entire season planning and all that yeah. stuff is going. But it, on the on the same side of that heart, you're you're pulling for the kid, and you just yeah. want what's best for the kid. And if if you're a true coach, and I'm sure everything I've heard about him, yeah, he, he, he's been supporting you since. Oh and, yeah. You know, so so you you decide to move. Mm-hmm. You're down in Nashville. You are. Music Row. Out yeah. in, uh, and that is a, if anybody's ever been to Nashville, it is a fantastic city. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of Portland yep, in a lot of ways. That's the first thing I said. I said, yep. this is just a bigger version of Portland. Yeah. It's more spread out. It's yep. got more uh, more offerings as far mm-hmm. as pro sports and all that stuff and more entertainment, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your first impression? You get down there and, and do you feel like you go to the first practice and you feel like, yeah, I can play with these girls? Do you really? Um, Do you feel that way? Yeah. So I was actually shocked. Like when I went on my official visit and even my dad said it, I was kind of the tallest one. There's a couple girls that maybe have been taller than me and the most athletic. And I was like, oh, the the TV just makes everyone look bigger. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I guess I never realized that that was my body type that that I'd fit right in. And um, I told him I'd... The head coach had never actually seen me play. It was the assistant coach who kind of pulled strings for me. And um, I said I'd play wherever, like wherever you're hurting, like just put me in. And um, 
So I started in the outfield, and I remember the first day of practice, we had to, like, feel the ground ball, and we are trying to hit the bucket at home plate from dead center. And so I was last in line, obviously, because I'm, like, super scared and nervous. <laughs> and So they all go, and it's my turn, and I smoked it. <laughs> I smoked it. And everyone just stopped and turned and looked at me. What the hell are you? Yeah, literally. <laughs> That's what they said. They were like, where did you come from? <laughs> like, we thought Maine was so irrelevant to this play, <laughs> to <laughs> softball. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that kind of happened. I ended up getting the center field spot um, and playing shortstop, depending on who was pitching. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you, you, you said some of the words that every coach loves to hear is, I just want to play. Mm-hmm. You, you stick me anywhere. I don't need a different glove. I don't need a different set of cleats. Just put me in, and the coach must have loved you. Did you get, immediately get along with the coach down there? Yeah, I think so. Um, he definitely, I think, was more shocked than me that who he was getting because he had no idea. Uh-huh. Um, and I was a yes man for my first year. Um, kind of like, yep, put me wherever. This is yep. what we're going to do. This is where I'm going to play. I don't care. I'll bat right-handed. I'll bat left-handed. Wherever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, I'm yep. going to do it. Yeah. So you, you had some pretty s- good success right off the bat, and you mm-hmm. played three years. You had did, Now, did your eligibility get screwed up? Did you only have three years, or could, could you have played four? No, I could only play three. You could play three mm-hmm. you because of the one year. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you, had the the full, you had yeah. a full year. Right, that's right. So you had... Three years. Your first year, you do you do fairly well. Mm-hmm. And then, where are you hitting in the lineup? Uh, it kind of depended. So I started off as the leadoff slapper yep. or the second hitter slapper, depending on whatever. And um, I broke both of my pinkies awesome. in the same day. One was sliding, and one I took a weird hop off a ground ball. Oh. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to hold a bat, but I'm definitely not going to not play. So I was like, at that point I was hitting right-handed. And so I went back to slapping, but I could only play right field because I could still throw, but I, I didn't have a lot of grip on the ball. So they just stuck me back in right field. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably played every game that year. Yep. I can't really remember. So I, I read some of your stats, and you, you were pretty damn close. Yeah. It was, it's, I think you, you might have unofficially played like a position somewhere in one of the games. But, yeah, you played, you played a lot. All three years you played mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm going to push you through those, those college years, and uh, I really want to take a kind of a vague um, or, or an overview look at it. How different was your experience at the Division three level Versus the Division One level, what was the difference in talent? The pitching, yeah, spin on the ball, yeah, one hundred percent. I thought I'd seen a curveball. I thought I'd seen a rise ball before. I thought I caught for a girl who could throw a curveball, a screwball, a rise ball, a drop ball. She couldn't do it. That's not what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing. I w- we were playing at LSU my first weekend. Tigers versus Tigers. Yeah. We always called ourselves the real Tigers of the South. Um, We weren't, but we like to say that. Um, And their pitcher, they were throwing their ace, who I think graduated last year or the year before, and um, she threw probably like 73. She threw a rise ball that started at my, like below my knees and ended at my belt. And I remember just like running through the pitch as a slapper and watching that and out out loud being like, what the hell was that? <laughs> as the catcher's like, laughing just like at as you. the catcher's laughing at me. Like I'm pretty. I'm. It was there was a huge crowd there too. So I'm obviously like jacked up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like can I? Can you throw that again? Do it again. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I really don't know. I think I closed my eyes and hit a pitch, and it was probably the hardest pitch I ever thrown, just because I threw my hands at it and it was going 73 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I smoked one at the third baseman. Yep. She caught it, but... <laughs> yeah, you had no idea if you were going to hit it or not. But No clue. <laughs> I, I've, I've asked that question of several several kids who have played um, either at a really high level of high school baseball and gone Division One, which is a massive jump to 
kids that have gone D3 up to um, either D2 or D1, that same question, they all say the same thing. It's all pitching. Mm-hmm. That the pitchers are, are at a whole other level, spotting pitches and being mm-hmm. able to throw more pitches and pitches that you've never seen before. So, oh, yeah. um, And a lot of catchers say the same thing. They're mm-hmm. like, it's really hard to, you know, catch yeah. that and absorb the, the, the pitch coming at 70, 73 miles an hour from that distance is the equivalent of a 98 mile an hour fastball, yeah. right? I mean, you you have no point, time. Point 0.3 seconds yeah. to react to it. And, and I think it's even worse because of the shorter distance mm-hmm. and the release point. Some girls can hide the release point really well, but, and if it's anything going up, I'm, I'm toast. Yeah. I don't know how girls at the SEC level can hit it, yeah. but as soon as you throw me a rise ball, I'm swinging and it's yeah. not pretty. <laughs> I, I, I love watching, um, softball at that level. I mm-hmm. love watching the, the tournament. I, I I don't watch it enough because I have an eight and nine year old, but but I love watching games. And my niece Lindsay is is a diehard. She'll watch every single game and know every single stat of mm-hmm. every single girl. So whenever I go over there, we're both glued to the TV, and my brother's right there. And it's a fantastic sport to watch because yeah. of the the speed of the game is so fast. So fast. It, it's it, nobody. There's no gloating. There's no nothing. There's high energy mm-hmm. in the dugout, right from the no dugout. bat flips. No, no. nothing. You know, no, it's just pure yeah. sports. Yeah, nobody's like fixing their gloves and fixing their hat and making sure that they're grabbing their crotch. And you know, it's <laughs> it, none of that happens. It's just step out, get your sign, step right back in, let's go. Yep. And the and the girls on the mound are ready to go. They are mm-hmm. jacked up to throw the next pitch and. And it's and it's fast and and a lot of girls hit and there's a lot of action. There's a, team camaraderie it's, it's is fun insane. To watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun. I, I love watching hockey. It's my favorite sport to watch. Yeah. But on TV, that's one of my that's one of my favorite sports to watch. But mm-hmm. so so your your senior year, you get let's get to your senior year of your uh, of your college career. At this point, are you are you taking over leadership roles on the team? Yeah, I think I. W- I think I was considered a leader ever since my sophomore year when I came in. Okay. Um, we didn't really have defined captains, I don't think. But I was more of the. I always, I always wanted to win. I was super competitive, and I think sometimes in college, especially at that, like I didn't really have a good understanding of reality. Like I thought, even though we sucked like it was my senior year we're gonna win (laughs) and I think sometimes that was intimidating and especially I think I think the travel ball culture ruined a lot of it and I was so used to just being a part of a team and wanting the best what what was for the team and I think sometimes that other girls were intimidated by that and I think I was intimidated by some other girls who were like I'm gonna do this because that's me and I'm gonna do this by myself and I just don't think from. I don't think there was anything I could do to help it, yep. even though I wanted to. Yep, yep, and that's 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 a difficult thing to battle, and it is that the egos creep in, mm-hmm. right? And that that's what the that's what the privatized sports culture is is breeding is that yep. that me 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 atmosphere. Yep. And even though the kids, those same kids, without that are fantastic teammates because yeah. they're intense too. They mm-hmm. want to win. They're just winning for themselves as opposed to being a part of the, you know, the organization. But, but what an experience, huh? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. what if, what if everything was meant to be right? I mean, you yeah. meeting that coach going through the, the, the summer program and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. you know, the, what the real it, tigers of the South. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> so you, you're, you're out of college now. I mean, you're, you, you, yeah. Graduated in seventeen, right? Yep. Is, that, is that right? So, um, a, do you keep in touch with those girls that you that you played with? Some of the girls that are yep. on there. Two uh, of them actually just left yesterday. Oh, they they, they were, were up visiting. Here? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's yeah. awesome. I, that's that's another cool thing about that. But but uh, did did it make you want to keep playing? No. <laughs> were you done when you were done? I was done. Yep, yep for yep. sure. I think I um, talked about a little bit going overseas and playing. Yep. But by the time it was all said and done, I was hurt. I was done. I didn't want to ever. At that point in time, I didn't ever want to look at a softball bat again. Yeah, I was. I was the same way when I left college. I I was done. I was so burnt out of the the rigor, and I was playing at a crappy Division three school. So I can't even imagine being an intense program because Division, if you're on a scholarship, they own you, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, they're. And for the kids that are going on scholarship, they're okay to be owned because mm-hmm. you know there's something there. But but I was the same way, and I think a lot of lot of lot of athletes do. And I I tip my hat to the kids that 
that are playing at the next level or playing in independent ball for peanuts and yeah. some of the Sea Dogs kids that are playing for peanuts. And know. I think maybe if that was an option for softball players mm-hmm. to go play in the minor leagues or triple A or double A, whatever. And not have to go overseas. Yeah, I think I would have dabbled in it a little bit. And I no. think I could have grown a little bit more as a player. But at this at that point, there was no option for me. Um, my assistant coach even talked to me about it a little bit. Um, I talked to Coach Griffin about going overseas and playing in Sweden, and after that, I was like, nope, <laughs> nope. So a good, a good friend of mine, a former player of mine, played professional baseball and was being recruited heavily by fast-pitch softball teams mm-hmm. that, that played internationally, and he was gonna, they are going to pay him really good money, like really close to six figures to to be used that good. I mean, he was a, you know, he could hit the ball a country mile, but um, does that exist anywhere in the United States where you get paid to play softball as you would maybe an independent ball here or New York Penn or something like that? There's the National Pro Fast Pitch League that's growing. Um, I think they have five teams. Um, Jessica Mendoza? No. No. I don't know. One of the good pitchers from her time, I don't think. I can't remember who it is, yep. but they have a million-dollar contract, and she's what? the only one. Is it Jenny one. Finch? No. It's another pitcher. Kat Osterman? No. Monica Abbott? Monica Abbott. Is wow, that who it is? Max. Yeah. From the Tennessee Volunteers. Yes. Yeah. This is where Remind me someday. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me someday to show you uh, how well I know her wind-up. Oh, yeah? Remember how she used to, like, dangle go, her... Yeah, and then go down all and, the way? And so whenever I'd, like, throw BP to K or something, I, I'd be like, oh, watch this fast pitch. And, like, I could do I could do the, you know, the, the look and the wind-up, but then the pitch didn't look anything like a fast pitch, <laughs> as, as Tim can attest. Oh, yeah. we, we did a lesson with, with Karen Bailey. It was the... It was just... It wasn't good. <laughs> Let's put it this way. My belly button showed, so it's, it was and bad. We, we thought we had accomplished something when we hit the mat in the gym yep. but it didn't matter that it was like 14 feet outside yep. we, we did, hit the mat we did not break a single light either uh, no Let's we did not nope nope <laughs> it's hard softball pitching is hard if you've ever tried it it is difficult to master and then and then to be able to throw five different pitches is like yeah. you know i actually i pitched um one inning of my college career did you yep does that make you play every position yep. did you play every position mm-hmm. because of that? Yep. Did you do it because of that, or just because um, you, they no, needed you? No, because we were about to get run ruled, and we were down to like one pitcher. Did so. you hit anyone? No, I had a per- uh, a perfect inning. Of course, she had a perfect I inning. W- <laughs> I was so I'm still probably having an adrenaline high from that. And I it was like a week later when I finally stopped shaking. Is is there any chance that you on senior night would have had them mention your ERA? Oh yeah, yeah. They walk. I walked out, and uh, I was like. All I care about that you say about me is that I have a zero ERA. <laughs> so over the, zero ERA. I walked out and he was like, That's said awesome. everything like, oh, she's played every position, blah, 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 three year starter, whatever. And he's like, and she has a zero ERA. <laughs> she told me that story one time That's and so I was good. like, that is awesome. That's all I cared about. You know what? I would have done the same thing. <laughs> So Danica, I am I am so glad that you came on this podcast, and I know I know you're just beginning your coaching career, but I don't think the girls around here, the young kids, maybe they do because you've been in it for a year and a half now. But uh, how fortunate they are to have somebody like you that wants to join the coaching ranks and um, and loves the game and loves the game, and the 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 fact that you're going to be preaching the stuff that you you know you just you just talked about here. Um, the team bonding and the chemistry and the memories that you're creating with with softball and the desire to to win, you know, not for yourself but for your team is gonna is gonna take softball. Hopefully, you know, if people like you stay in Maine, we can start building this thing that feels like it's dying in Maine. Yeah. And, and softball is the numbers are going down in in the high schools, maybe not so much in the the privatized leagues, but. But definitely in the high school, so I'm hoping that maybe you can preach a little bit of that and get get the rivalry back and the, yeah. you know the the fun that you'll never forget you know yeah. that that stuff back. So the the Bobcats made a good hire this year. Yeah, the Bates 
Bobcats. Yes. You just want you just keep saying Bobcats because you wanted to buy you a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to bring you a T-shirt that says Bobcats on it. It can't say Bates softball. No. It has to say Bobcats. You just softball. like that, don't you? I do. Yeah. Jeez, I'm it's kind of a nod to Carrie Ann D. Potter hyphen Maxwell the third. Okay. Why? Her dad, uh, who recently passed, mm-hmm. uh, hunted them and trapped them. Yep. And they are just. Like looking at them, you're like, that's such a huge, like, animal, and like yeah. lives in the woods of Maine. And then you, you know, you make it your softball team's mascot, like the big cats. Yeah, the yeah. big cats. We yes. always say, yeah, cats, go cats. Yeah, the real cats of the Northeast, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so now your your position at Bates is going to be as as an assistant coach, as a full head coach, as a what's the um, next step? I'm assistant. I'm. Actually, I'm in the office all the time, so yeah. I'm, like, really the head coach's assistant. Like, I do all of the lame stuff that she doesn't want to do, <laughs> yep. um, like replying to emails and stuff. But yeah. I think it's fun because I have never experienced that before. Yeah. Yeah, do you get to do some recruiting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've been on that side, so you know what that looks like. Couldn't so. have a better uh, person. to. You know what I mean? Like, right. she's played Division One. She has a drive for the game. She's still kind of their age i mean like yep. it's like having a ringer in your you know it's like oh guess who i brought with me on my recruiting trip yep. meet danica and intensity yep. you can't coach I, you uh, really can't coach intensity i had the pleasure of meeting some of the people that she is doing private lessons for and one of the girls her dad and i went to high school together and the parents could not speak high enough of Danica, and, yep. you know how much the kids love her, and and I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't doubt that. Yep. Well, I, I can tell you that I know I know where you come from, and um, I'm I'm lucky to know your your dad pretty well, and I I mean I it's no shocker to me that you're gonna you're gonna be awesome, and you you already are awesome, but I I can can't wait to follow your career, and when you get your first coaching job as a head coach in college where you come back and, and, and talk to us about that whole experience. Yeah. Danica Gleason, you're off the podcast. Hot seat. <laughs> you're off the hot seat. What about her what about her uh, the intro walk up music? Song. Yeah, yeah the you walk, get up song. walk up, walk out songs. What was your walk up song at at, uh, at, at Tennessee? Um I picture something rap like maybe it was um, Wreak Havoc by Skylar Gray. It's in the Suicide Squad movie. That's like oh, one of my okay. favorite movies. All right. All right. It, yeah. it wasn't anything by Ice-T. She, she's speechless about the Ice-T. The Ice-T. I'm, I'm blushing right now. I'm yeah. so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. It's not, you're not blushing for you. You're blushing for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Max. Uh, now, I, I don't want to hear the story if it's, uh, it's going to be an embarrassing one for Oh, for no, it's the only... I, th- I might have said it on the other podcast. You did, yes. Did you? Wait the a minute. Only, you the only other podcast I've been on is Ice-T. <laughs> and she was a call-in guest. No, you were not. Really? She's a fangirl. I'm pretty sure I cried. <laughs> no, did you call in to him? Did you talk to him? And you cried. That is the best thing I've ever heard. I love him. <laughs> no, are you a He's fan? He's the original gangster. Who couldn't love him? <laughs> He's 92 years old. I love it. That commercial, love it, that commercial when uh, the kid's like no, selling lemon. No, man, it's lemon. Ice-T. <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even my kids love that. They have no idea who Ice-T is. <laughs> I'm so happy. Is there any chance that we can get a copy of that and put it into this podcast when she the, called in there? Do you have a copy of it somewhere? Um, you have to. Come on, tell me you have a copy. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's on his. I was so like starstruck yeah. that I like didn't know what to say because my roommate, I was still at St. Joe's, and she was like, "You'll never get on there." And it was like, if <laughs> it beeps three times, you are on air. And it beeped three times. So I literally looked at her and I was like, "What do oh I say?" My <laughs> God. So I didn't even. Did end you up call at, him Mr. Ice? <laughs> Mr. You can't call him Mr. No, T. No, he was so shocked that anyone lived north of New York City <laughs> that he was like, "This girl's from Maine." <laughs> uh, did you get, did you even squeak a word, or did you just like? Yeah, we, we ended up talking about Law and Order, but I really wanted to ask him about um, him and J- he created that song um, before Jay Z about ninety nine problems. So I really want to be like, do you have beef? Or like, who is the real creator of that song? Oh, and you didn't ask him that. No, I was too, star- too, I was too yeah. nervous. I didn't know what to say. 
We should try to get Ice Tea on the program. That would be and amazing. And then have Danica be a, a host. That would, yeah. He, so I've tweeted him and he's responded. I have an autographed picture of him. Ask him if he'll tweet him back mm-hmm. and ask him if he'll come on the Coach's Corner booth. Okay. Did you yeah. screenshot when he tweeted you back? Uh, yeah, I think I got it on my computer. That's awesome. Does he have any idea how how much of a main celebrity that you are? No, probably not. No. You might need to make him aware. I think you need to tell him okay. that. I think you need to tell him that. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and send him one of your articles. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is fantastic. <laughs> so, Danica, we're not going to embarrass you anymore. <laughs> it's really Max's fault. It's really hey, w- hey, John wasn't here, so I had to do something. You know what? Uh, that's right. John wasn't here, was he? I, I didn't Neither miss him Neither of the Johns were here. Neither John, John Eisenhart nor... John Gleason, we're I here tonight. I did miss John Gleason. It was the un <laughs> it was the unjohn night. <laughs> Danica, thank you so much for coming on. Max, thanks for embarrassing Danica <laughs> and also being here tonight. So, um, good luck to you, and uh, we we look forward to watching you later on. Thank you. Go Bobcats.